Welcome to Try This at Home with Leslie and Leslin, a podcast that offers you tips and tricks for solving problems, increasing happiness, and creating a better life. Hi, this is Leslin from Try This at Home. With specific mental health concerns, there's a clear need for psychotherapy and the help of a licensed mental health professional. But are there times that a coach might be more beneficial? What's the difference? And how do you decide what kind of help is best and under what circumstances? Today, we're answering those questions. So grab a cup of coffee or a glass of wine and listen in. Hey, Les. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Really good. Super, super busy. I September. I mean, tomorrow is October 1st. Yeah. I can't believe it, but I also would like to hurry up the rest of this year. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know what's going to change, really, but... I don't know. Probably, truthfully, nothing. So, <laughs> wishful thinking. Yeah. And, you know, I'm starting to see people, this is really off topic, but I'm starting to see people with anticipatory anxiety. Oh, yeah. You know, about being inside during the winter and limiting the limited amount of contact that we're going to be able to have, the limited number of options. It's it's a pretty interesting phenomena, you know, and, and... so anyway, it's you know we don't know what's going to happen, but if you need a therapist, you will need to listen to today's conversation. Yes, definitely. So in my TikTok lives, one of the things that keeps coming up is how do we find a good therapist or can I work with you? Right. And I'm super I'm super humbled that people are asking and certainly finding a good therapist is important, but when, you know, I mean, just what's your opinion? I know that you're a little bit more knowledgeable in terms of therapy, but how do you think of the difference between a coach and a therapist? Well, for me, I think a therapist helps you work through some specific issues mostly specific. I I think it can be a broader problem, but in generally you go in knowing that there are some specific things you need to work on. And those are usually pretty serious, I would, I would say. With life coaching, I think of it more as someone who keeps you on track and helps you with goals and helps you kind of keep your trajectory moving forward. So a life coach isn't going to help you with, you know, childhood trauma that you need to work through, Mm -hmm. but they might help you after you've worked with a therapist, you know, keep progressing on your goals and just kind of keep yourself mentally healthy, I would say. Yeah. And actually that's a really great synopsis if we cut that down to just a sentence, I don't know whose quote this is, but it's very apropos. Therapy is about uncovering and recovering. Mm -hmm. And coaching is about discovering. Yeah. So if you need to uncover or recover, you go to a therapist. 
if you want to discover, you go to a coach. Yeah. And I, I think sometimes, especially I, I can actually really, really see as a business owner how coaching m- might be hugely beneficial for some people because, you know, when you're quote unquote at the top, and I, I almost laugh saying that because, you know, I am the owner of the business, but I'm also the person that cleans the toilets, right? So <laughs> sometimes that is very lonely and there's not, you don't have a boss or somebody that's, you know, kind of setting goals for you or keeping you, you know, moving forward. And it's, I, I think it's very easy to just kind of stall out. Mm-hmm. And I I guess in a, in a way you're just, I mean, you're kind of paying for a cheerleader, right? (laughs) A very knowledgeable cheerleader who can help you, you know, really make progress in your life. Yeah. And, you know, I, all right. So you bring up a really good point and don't let me forget to kind of touch on that in a minute. Because I, at first I want to talk, let's just kind of define or refine this idea of therapy. And there's all kinds of different therapists. Right. And I think it's important to understand that as well. Therapy is often called psychotherapy, right? Counseling, mm-hmm. psychotherapy, therapy, they're all synonymous terms. Yeah. And a therapy or counseling is conducted by someone who is a highly trained, skilled healthcare professional. They have training in diagnoses, problematic beliefs, behaviors, relationship issues, feelings, sometimes physiological responses, you know, like anger. And many of those things can be caused or triggered by past issues and self-destructive habits, right? So therapy slash counseling slash psychotherapy really is looking to dig underneath your current emotional spectrum to discover why the problems are problems. Right. And help you repair those things. Does that make sense? Yes. So to that extent, let's talk about the different kinds of therapists because they're, it, it can be so confusing. You know, when somebody reaches out to me I, and they'll say, can I work with you? Can you be my therapist? The first question is, where do you live? Right. <laughs> because Any kind of psychological counseling is regulated by the state in which you live. Okay. Yep. Okay. So most states will give a license to people and and there are, there's not a formal continuous kind of format But in every state that I'm aware of, you need at least a master's degree. Okay. In a counseling-related field. So it can be a master's in mental health counseling, a master's in social work, a master's in marriage and family therapy. Um, 
trying to think of what other, a master's in psychology. So you can have a master's in those fields and then you need clinical hours. Mm -hmm. You need pre-clinical hours or pre-master's graduate level clinical hours and you need postgraduate level clinical hours. And again, that's different. Some states are only 2,000. Some states are almost 4,000. Wow. I know. Crazy. Now, this is all for licensure. If you have a PhD level and you can have a PhD in psychology, a PhD in counseling, a PhD in clinical social work, you can have a what's called a PsyD, and that's a capital P-S-Y capital D. And that's a doctorate in philosophy with a psychology focus, if I'm not mistaken, or it's a doctorate in psychology. I can't remember exactly what the difference is between a doctor in psychology because PhD means a doctor of philosophy. So my husband has a PhD, but it's in business. Okay, you're right then. So it's a doctor of philosophy is a PhD, the doctor of psychology is a PsyD, but both of them can take a clinical psychology track. The PsyD does have a lot more clinically oriented. A PhD in psychology is often... It's like research focused. Yeah, it's often often with an academic, not just focus, but kind of zeroing in on yeah. That. Yeah. PsyDs almost always do counseling where PhDs will often be in academia. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah. Having said that, so those are oh and there's also LCSWs, which is always really interesting. So and that's a licensed clinical social worker. Mm-hmm. Now in Maryland, I'm a licensed clinical professional counselor, LCPC, same exact credentials in Pennsylvania. It's just a licensed professional counselor. It's a lot of letters. Well, and it's, <laughs> it's really, you know, and we have to use them, right? So if I have a business card in Maryland, it has to say Leslie Kantner, LCPC. Anytime I'm representing myself in the state of Maryland, it has to be LCPC. Right. But in Pennsylvania, it's just LPC. <laughs> So it's LK, it's LK, LC, PC, you know, Um, I know it does, it gets really obnoxious, but I think what's important here is to really understand that a therapist, a psychotherapist, a mental health counselor with a license is a highly trained medical professional with clinical experience. Yeah. And shockingly to me, to be a life coach, you can just call yourself a life coach. Yes, that's correct. But can I also point out that in Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania is something called a title state, and I don't know what other states this applies to. Mm -hmm. I can call myself a counselor. I can provide what I'm calling mental health counseling. By simply hanging up a shingle and I can take money and call myself a counselor 
without any education. That is really scary to me. Mm -hmm. It is scary. And now keep in mind, you can't put yourself out there as a licensed counselor. Sure. Okay. And that's why if you are seeking counseling slash psychotherapy, please, please, please go to your state board of licenses and confirm that the person you're speaking to is licensed in your state. Or go to your insurance company and they'll tell you who they'll cover and those people are licensed. Yeah. If you, if you get in, if you have insurance coverage, right. You know, and there are a lot of really good therapists out there. And I know that this came up in my live actually the other night that people, there were some people there that did not trust therapists who took insurance. Really? And I thought that was interesting. Yeah. I'm sure it comes from, or I would imagine it comes from the place that when, because insurance companies make it very, very hard Mm -hmm. to get on their panels. Number one, they also do not pay master's level therapists very much money. And even PhD, a PhD in New York can bill out at 250 an hour. But an insurance company may only pay out, pay them out 90 bucks. Right, right. And so that becomes a problem if you're paying 10 grand a month in rent, yeah. you know, for an office space. So what happens is, is a lot of the people, after they get a couple of years under their belt, like me, they go out to private pay practices. And the more experience they get, the higher their rates are. So you know, you might, one might surmise that if you're in private practice and you're uh, pay only and your rates are high, that you are a seasoned therapist with a solid practice. Right. Versus somebody who just got out of grad school and is now in a clinic. I want to make it clear that is not globally true. There are some amazing people who work in clinics and serve the underserved populations. Um, yeah, and that's that's hugely important, right? Very important. Just yes. because you can't afford two hundred and fifty dollars an hour in therapy doesn't mean that you don't need therapy and and aren't deserving of it. So there's just a, you know, it's just a weird thing. But yes, it makes it tricky. And isn't it terribly representative of the problem that we have in our healthcare system? Right? You know, it's yeah. it's it's kind of that along the lines of people who work for minimum wage they can't they can't. Well, they can't afford to pay out of pocket for something as quote unquote frivolous as therapy when they're choosing between their rent and their food, you know? Yeah. It's not only therapy, but I mean, somebody who's working on minimum wage can barely pay the minimum expenses for a family of four. Right. So it's, it's, there's just a, I know I'm sounding very liberal at the moment, but it's, there's just a problem with the way that we take care of people in our culture and the way that we take care of each other in our culture. Yeah. Especially so as, you know, I, I mean, generalizing here, but a lot of people that are in those positions have a lot of stress in their life and a lot of yeah. things that they could benefit from working out with a the therapist. So it, yeah. it would seem to me that the people that, maybe need it the most have no access. 
And so that kind of leads us into this next kind of space, this idea that maybe somebody who is experiencing stress and wants to learn how to manage it and grow into somebody with more resilience, maybe that person doesn't need a therapist, but could truly benefit from somebody who's a coach. Yes. And I will say, I know earlier I mentioned that, you know, you can just be a life coach and that's the thing you can do. I mean, I could decide tomorrow that I want to be one and start a business. But there are programs that people can go through to get yes. a certification in this. So I would I would say that the good ones take it more seriously, are interested in educating themselves, and have taken some steps to go through some program. Yes. And so if you're going to look for a coach, do one of two things. If you if you can afford to see somebody who's a therapist slash life coach, right? All therapists get training, positive psychology and goal implementation and follow through. Mm -hmm. all, all therapists can be life coaches. Yes. Not all life coaches can be therapists. Right. <laughs> and the big, you know, and again, a big difference is when I have a coaching client, I, unless they live in my state and really, even if they do, I tell them that, look, I'm your coach. If we uncover a, a serious mental health issue like trauma, or some kind of deep-rooted fear or a psych psychosis, you need we I will refer you out to a specialist. You know, if I'm coaching somebody and we discover that they have an eating disorder that gets triggered, I'm right. going to refer them out to a therapist. Yeah, and that when I was kind of doing some reading on this topic, that's Sometimes a criticism that I found of coaching is that they they have a tendency to perhaps take on the role of therapist and overstep those bounds when they shouldn't. So hopefully a good coach will do exactly what you said and recognize, hey, this is this we're getting into the the therapy waters here where you need to see somebody and they would refer. Yeah, and you know, I can understand that, I mean, some things Let's take anxiety, right? I would tell you, let's say somebody from Montana calls me and they say, you know, I really want to be coached. I've got this, this thing I really want to work on. And I talk about their mental health history and it looks like they've addressed the things that need that I can notice. We start talking and they say, you know, maybe I notice because I'm a trained therapist, I notice a little anxiety. If the anxiety is deeply rooted in emotional scars, mm -hmm. I can't work with that as a therapist. If the anxiety is a fear of public speaking or excitement about something, then I can work with it. As a coach, I think you as a coach, accidentally yeah. said as a therapist, but what you meant was coach, yes. yes. No, I, well, what I mean is, Oh yeah, as a coach. Yeah, I can't work with it. I would have to send them to a therapist if that anxiety was rooted yes. in a childhood fear. Yes. So these are the kinds of things if you and again, it's, you know, a coach or a therapist, you need to choose someone 
preferably based on referral on their presence you know i'm one of the things about me is you can if you google me holy smokes i have a pretty big internet footprint yes i've i i publish i write i do social media so you know just by creeping on me a little bit whether or not i'm somebody that you would love to work with or you would hate to work with yeah and I'm, I'm not for everybody, but if your coach doesn't have a presence out there, then you need a good long interview. And I would, you know, maybe there's just a picture on the internet and a little synopsis. I would ask for a free consultation face to face so that because you have to connect and sometimes connection is best done through the eyes. So it doesn't have to be in person but a face-to-face using technology. Yeah. And one, one thing I would say too, just about therapy in general, I mean, when I picked you as a therapist, I, I didn't know you, but be ready to get told things you don't necessarily like, like, like hard truths. And just because you know you're being told some hard truth doesn't mean that you have a bad therapist. It means you have a good therapist. I know several people who have quit with their therapy because the therapist got real with them and you know presented some things, and that always is so shocking to me because I'm like, well, gosh, isn't that why you're paying for it? Well, you know, it's really funny that you say that because I had an appointment a few weeks ago with a client that I hadn't seen in a while. And, you know, and I saw her maybe years ago for a couple sessions, and then she might have come in once or twice a couple of years ago, and then she came back, and she came maybe three times, and then I stopped seeing her again. And I was under the impression that she had kind of made a decision that she was really going to work on a couple of things. and Right. And then all of a sudden, last week, she pops up at my schedule. And she goes, yeah, so I saw, I saw, um, my doctor and the doctor asked me how therapy was going. And I said, yeah, well, I stopped going. Why just stop going? Cause she pissed me off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and the doctor said, so why did she piss you off? And my client told her and she goes, that's her job. <laughs> your, your literal job. Yes. <laughs> yes. And so apparently they talked about it enough that the doctor said, you need to go back and tell her exactly what you told me. And so she did. And we laughed about it a little bit. And then I said, you know, I'm really, really glad that you told me that you don't, you're not going to necessarily respond well when I approach you in that manner. Sure. I mean, I'm really direct, but if you like everything except that part of me, then I can tone that down a little bit. You know, understanding that you need a little bit more, be a little bit more TLC in the beginning or a little bit more empathy, you need a softer approach to get you where you want to go. And, and that's, I mean, my gosh, we, my husband, I have a financial advisor who is really, really blunt, really blunt. And he's sort of a buzzkill, honestly. (laughs) Like, you're like thinking you're doing good. And he's like, well, you got this. And you're like, ugh, like, way to dampen the mood, buddy. 
But you know what? He's, I mean, I'm, I'm paying for him to give us his professional opinion. Right. And I don't have to agree with it at the end of the day. I don't have to do what he tells me to do or suggests that we do rather, but I'm, I do feel like I'm getting his very honest opinion. I mean, you know, you kind of, I feel like sometimes you have to be prepared for that and get, get a little thick skin. Yeah. Well, I'm, and, and you said it in the very beginning of that question is you are hiring someone to help you. Right. You must let them help you, even if it doesn't feel good. I mean, how many times have you seen a movie where somebody had to dislocate their shoulder in order to get them out of a harrowing experience? Right. 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 Um, so you think, okay, I'm going to bite down on the stick and I'm going to let you do it. And they, <laughs> and at the end, even though it hurt like hell, you feel better. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, I've taught people who said the same thing about knee replacements, right? That they say, I didn't do it and I didn't do it because I knew it was going to hurt. And then I finally, it got so bad. I had to do something and it hurt like hell, but now I can go to the park. Well, I put off bilateral carpal tunnel surgery for years because I didn't want to not have use of my hands. Mm. And I finally did it. And it was so annoying. Yeah. (laughs) I can sleep through the night again. So there you go. Yeah. And so, you know, so if we talk about coaching, basically life coaches focus on creating a, a new life path to achieve a particular goal. And often I think life coaches are really good at helping you develop introspection to, to see what the solution is, right? Like even with my counseling clients, I say, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I'm going to help you discover the answer that already sits inside of you. Right. Right. And let's be clear that there are different specialties in just like there are different specialties in therapy, there are different specialties in coaching. So I think I said earlier, I am not a trauma specialist. I'm not a eating disorder specialist. If I have somebody in my office with those issues, I'm going to refer them to somebody who really specializes in that. And so this is where I wanted to get back to your initial comment about being a business owner. Mm-hmm. There are life coaches who specialize in working with entrepreneurs yep, and sole proprietors. And you're 100% right that, you know, I often think about my son's professional development inside the IKEA organization. Mm-hmm. They are always saying, where do you see yourself in five years? Where do you want to go? How does this trajectory fit still? Are you looking at a different opportunity? Not outside the company, but you know, maybe you can go from inside business development to retail, right? You can look at relocating to a different part of the world with IKEA. And if, you know, when you are cleaning the toilets at your office while you're signing Becky's paycheck. (laughs) Nobody's talking to you about trajectory. That's right. So that's when a business development coach is a really, 
really good idea. Yeah. And I, I noticed that there were a lot of, um, and, and maybe these are one and the same, but I noticed a lot of people who specialize in helping people find their career mm-hmm. path, which to yes. me seems like maybe you're in your you know late 30s, early 40s, and you want to completely switch your career. They yep. can help you decide when and how and all of that stuff. Yeah. And I, my experience always was, you know, kind of the, the Zig Ziglar, the Tony Robbins, the corporate energy, be your best self in the work world. You know, that was my perception of what that was. The Zig Ziglar was really a coach for salespeople. Mm-hmm. And I know that's a super old name. If you're young, go look it up. Yeah. But, you know, back in the day when we put cassette tapes in our car to listen to motivational speeches, because we didn't have TED Talks or Ox <laughs> Cables, you know, yeah. and we, they would, the infomercials, the original infomercials were these plastic books filled with cassettes that were from some convention of all these big speakers. <laughs> and we would go out to our car at lunchtime to listen to them when I was in sales back in the eighties. Cause that's what you did, you know? Yeah. yeah. But then the coaching kind of started to expand a little bit. And my brother worked with somebody who coaches only real estate agents. Interesting. I, yeah. Very nuanced. <laughs> Very nuanced. But uh, you know, this guy, He's so successful and he's had, you know, he just, I think he kind of fell into that little niche because he worked with somebody who was a real estate agent and they referred him to somebody else who had him come into the office to speak where he got four new clients, blah, 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 right? When I coach, I coach almost exclusively on personal growth and self-awareness. Yeah. Because that's what I love so much about my counseling practice. So somebody who says, you know, there's all these self-help books, but how do you choose one? And what do I, how do I relate that information back to me as a purpose? That's my niche. Yeah. Yeah. I can help somebody with their business development goals, but it's not my passion. And there are people who make it a passion. So I think it's important when you're thinking about a coach you know, let's say you have anxiety and you think your anxiety is because you get on a dating app and you really don't have enough self-confidence. That would be a coaching call with someone like me. If you're trying to change careers and you need to have more assertive energy in a different field, that's a business coach. For somebody like you, who's an entrepreneur, and you're trying to think of how do I professionally develop myself from this place to maybe a different level of practice, whether it's growing this business or pivoting and redirecting, that would be a business development coach. Right, right. So no right or wrongs, but I just, I thought that it's, it would be really beneficial to sit back and just have that conversation about 
educational requirements, professional development, licensure, and where you go to find it. Obviously, you can go to the internet, you can go to the different organizations. You know, some criticism said for $5,000, you get a piece of paper and the title to call yourself a life coach. I don't think it's that simple. And I think you'd usually find that a lot of life coaches are people who've either been in the helping field, they are career executive professionals that have come in and said, okay, you know, I did this for myself and now I want to teach people how to do it. I think that's the bulk of them, but buyer beware. Well, yeah, and you could say that about anybody who went to do any level of education. You paid X number of dollars and you got a piece of paper and you're a crappy hairstylist or you're a crappy, you know, engineer. I mean, that that exists all over. So that argument yeah. doesn't hold a lot of water with me. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. Did you have anything else that you wanted to add to that? No, I don't think so. All right. So our this at home this week is to make a mental note that if you're looking to uncover and recover, you go see a therapist. If you're looking to discover, you go see a coach and make sure that you pay attention to their credentials. For now, this is Leslie and Leslin, hoping you will try this at home. All perspectives and opinions expressed during this podcast are for educational and informational purposes only. There is no direct or indirect intention to provide psychotherapy or mental health services. If you are seeking counsel for individual circumstances, please consult with a local health professional.